everybody and welcome to cast in wax my name is jordan d white i am the host of this podcast with me as always are my three co-hosts i'm gonna start introducing them because we have a jam packed show just like most of the time here we go mr rory sinjin go Oh, uh, hello. Yes, uh, you introduced me out of town. I'm surprised. No, I could, just, I could go anything. You know, anything can happen. It's just usually you, you go, you know, Frank. No, no, anything. Like I said, just, just go with it, man. Just roll. Just roll with it. It's like improv or something. Just roll with it. Right. Yes. Okay. My name is Roy Sinjin. I am an extra historian. And, you know, I'm as I've established before, I'm working on establishing the Queen's Institute of Extra Historical Studies. It's a, a goal of mine, you know, to do that. But in the meantime, I'm just doing extra historical readings for people. You know, how that can be. Um, people come to me and I... They tell me their problems, and I, you know, do readings for them. Yes, we know all about that. We know all about that. Although, like I said, jam-packed show. So let's keep it going. Right. Okay. Um. That's well. Then that's it. Right. Okay. Awesome. Mr. Scape White is my other co-host. Hi, Dad. How are you doing today? I am good. My name is Scape. Did you know my name is Scape? Did you know my name is Scape? I am Scape the cat. Yeah. Why did you just do like a big song and dance introduction? Because I am a singer. I am a singer. I write to sing all the time. Yeah, I sing it. I sing it. My name is Gabriel. I'm a singing cat. Yeah. Uh, are you going to sing every time I ask you anything? One, two, three. I'm gonna sing Ramatara to you just like this. Yes, yes, I'm gonna sing because I, I want to sing it. I want to sing it and everybody wants to listen to me when I sing. Yeah. Okay, well then I'm done talking to you. Mr. Frank Allen is the final co-host. Who is not gonna sing, by the way? Maybe I am going... Okay, no, I'm not gonna sing. I was just I was just messing around. Good, because I was going to turn off your microphone. What? No, Jordan, you wouldn't do that. I would if you started singing and I didn't want you to. I watch the wrong river sing, I watch the wrong river sing. That's it. I want to sing all the time. Yeah. yeah, don't turn off my microphone. Then only sing when you're asked to sing. But I really want to sing. 
Don't you know it? Don't you know it? Don't you know I like to sing? I'm a singer. Singing is all I do. Sing. Singing is all I do. I'm a singer. But I want to sing. I could sing with no microphone. Cause I don't get the idiot's only being picked up by a wire. Microphones, don't you know it? Da 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 yeah You are such a douche. All right, um, let's get on to the next part of the show. No, I didn't even get to be introduced. All you said was my name. What else do you need to say? I'm a host. I always like to introduce who I am. I'm Frank Allen. I'm a, I'm a show host. I host different parts of the show. They're going to hear you hosting them. You don't need to tell them. Yeah, but it's, it prepares. Everybody gets ready. Look, I'm a professional. You're not a professional because you're not paid for it. Oh, okay. Well, that's the definition of professional, isn't it? Yeah. Or, no, fine. Look, you know, if that's what you want to be about it. Well, I mean, you know. Then you're not a professional podcaster. No, I'm not a professional podcaster. I'm a, I'm a professional comic book editor. <sighs> Fine. Right, and I actually am a professional extra historian, and Frank, you would be a professional... Don't even say it. What was I going to say? I, you don't know what I was going to say. You were going to say professional, you know, fast food clerk. No, I was going to say food service engineer. Oh, gr- yeah, thanks. Speaking of being a professional extra historian, Roy, um, we're not going to do extra history now this week, because like I said, it's a jam-packed show, and I just want to kind of get on with it. But we do have a letter about last week's episode of Extra History Now. So, Frank, uh, would you be so kind as to read this letter from Mr. Pirate? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, dear the cast of Cast and Wax, hi guys! It's Mr. Pirate again. Since everyone at the podcast was so considerate and helpful in ways I can barely fathom, I felt it was only fair to drop you all a little note to fill you in on how I've been since listening to Rory's advice. Yeah, I, but I didn't give advice. I gave extra historical reading. Well, let, let's finish the letter. Let's finish the letter. Thank you. Um, I'm sure you can all understand how I was completely taken aback. Ninjas! Even though it was only in the possibility of an alternate timeline, gentlemen, I was horrified. Imagine that beneath the scaled exterior of my beloved Godzilla lay the dormant possibility of a clan of ninjas. Granted, I am no more a pirate than John Smith is an actual Smith, but the implications of a torrid, star-crossed love affair between a pirate and a ninja was just too much for the average cocktail party. Well, my boyfriend began to suspect things when I'd flinch and shriek hysterically, please don't kill me, in response to his hellos. Uh, So we talked it over. The alternate universe, the possibility that his mother would eat me, his irrational fear of moths, and everything in between. It was so silly. Why would anyone's mother eat their child's girlfriend, especially Godzilla's, who is no doubt faced with that stereotyping and prejudice constantly. I felt ashamed and naive and more in love with my boyfriend than ever before. So I hopped to the plane. Now, I can't go into the specifics of how I arrived at his mother's. I may have become a little overwhelmed and passed out due to the stress. But she was perfectly lovely. We sat on her veranda sipping tea and flipping through old photo albums like we had known each other forever. Why, I felt so comfortable around her, I cooked her up Spanish omelets with some eggs I found tucked away in some mud and straw in her bedroom. It was such a worthwhile experience, and to think, I'd nearly run away from it all. I can't thank you enough. Maybe someday I'll be able to name one of my children after all of you, or at the very least a goldfish. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mr. Pirate. So, that's pretty exciting. Rory, what do you think? Well, you know, that's good. It it proves, really, that extra history is a valuable, you know, tool. I know lots of times Frank, last week, in fact, very specifically, Frank was, was deriding it for not being actually helpful in the situation, but clearly it was. It, it caused Mr. Pirate to consider the possibilities of that other world, and then that made him truly examine his world. You know, so that's what it's for. But I, di- I will mention I didn't give advice. Right. No, in fact, I think only Frank gave advice. And Frank, your advice was to break up with Godzilla, right? Well, I mean, I, I said Godzilla might be a girl. But clearly, Godzilla is not a girl in this world. Uh, I guess. Well, no, because if it was a girl, I mean, we, we said the girl thing because Godzilla in the American movie laid eggs. But this one didn't. I mean, uh, mother laid eggs. Which Mr. Pirate made into omelets. I 
just wanted to point that out. I didn't want to talk about that part because that's disgusting. Well, I, it says it there, so. Regardless of that, you know, again, thank you for writing again, writing in again, Mr. Pirate, because although this is a very unorthodox, homosexual, interspecies, international, frightening relationship, it's good to hear that it worked out, and I'm very glad that extra history was so valuable to you. Yes, that's very nice. Um, you know, very, very exciting. That extra history now was so very helpful in the world. Oh, come on. It, it, that's, it's not really. Frank, just don't be a sour puss. This time, Rory has proven you wrong. Uh, so listen, if you want to have your life touched by extra history now, please send in your problems to us at castinwax at gmail.com. Castinwax at gmail.com. It's always better if we get actual letters, so please, please send me your problems, and I can help you see what you don't know is happening in other worlds. Great. And now, Scapey, uh, uh, let me turn on your mic again, and uh, now that we did a successful Extra History Now follow-up, uh, I, why don't you celebrate it for us? Well, thank you. Extra History Now is just making people's lives better every minute. Extra History Now is making people Get excited, ignorant, oh yeah, extra history. Don't you figure out it? Yes, you do. Oh, extra history. Don't you want to write into us? Oh, casting rocks at gmail.com. Sweet, now let's just get right into the rest of the show. Here is Guard Duty. Enjoy it! Plot's happening. It's going to be crazy. The Earth Guard, the planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations... They watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week... Voodoo Lady and Argus in Now You See Me. So, she should be back up in working order. Once I um, got the fleas cleaned out of the unit, uh, I spent the night taking the brain frame apart piece by piece until she seemed to no longer be in need of repairs. <laughs> See? And it only took six months. Oh, shove it, Claire. As you were saying, Bob. Uh, there are a few minor kinks in the software I need to massage out, but nothing major. What kind of kinks? Come on, notice the pattern, Bob, the pattern. Of the little things, the history section of August's profile keeps being erased and his birthday keeps being reset as last year. It lists Captain Fantasy as being captured in battle. And no matter how many times I enter it, she won't list Suspiria as deceased. Brainframe, status the villain Suspiria. Suspiria is an active member of the Earth Guard. Uh, did it just say she's... At large, yes. I type it and I type it. I delete the entire entry and recreate it from scratch, but every time the brain frame still says Suspiria is at large. I don't understand it. Watch. I can change it again. And I can change it back. And look. Brain frame, status of villain Suspiria. Suspiria, Suspiria is, is at large. I just don't understand guard. it. You saw me change it yourself. 
file. Maybe it's because Fole keeps changing the file. What? what? You can see me? Fole's dead, Claire. I don't see how she could... Relax. I was just kidding. You know how Captain Fantasy always used to say he could see Fole? Oh, for Pete's sake. Oh. Well, I suppose you're just not up to your witty self today. Maybe being the Argus didn't agree with you. Oh, come on, it's funny. You know, like, if Bull was really here, like a ghost or something, you know, and none of us could see or hear her, but she kept doing things to get our attention, like altering the data on the brain frame or knocking over books. I'm sorry, I just... I don't get the joke. Voodoo Lady... What? What Just are you? picture it. She keeps coming up with more and more elaborate ways to tell us she's alive, only to be frustrated over and over again. <laughs> you bitch. It's hilarious. What the hell's wrong with you? I saved your life. It's not funny, Claire. <laughs> oh, well. I guess you had to be there. No, no, voodoo lady. I think it's funny, too. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Yes. Uh, good to see you. I suppose that means my shift is up. That it is. I'm sure you'll want to get back to your corporation. You know, don't Last you? time I looked, you someone know that from I know R&D about was you. waiting outside your office for you to return. Oh, How did you find out? Damn it, I what did you do to Voodoo Lady? I better go. Goodbye, Claire. Answer me, goddammit. I hope you feel this can't be happening. more normal. Bye. Of course it can. And it is. Surprise. How did you find me? Where, where did Voodoo Lady go? One question at a time, sweetie. Captain Fantasy told me about you. But he's... An idiot, I know. He couldn't tell if you were real or just another one of his stupid dream world creations. Thankfully, I'm not as addle-brained as the good captain. When I finally dredged my way back that far into his memory, I saw things clearly. You came back from an alternate future to arrange your own death for some reason. It was the only way oh, to... Oh, God, please, spare me. Do I look like I care? It doesn't matter why. All that matters is that it left you stranded in a past you knew you couldn't live in. So you had him shroud you in dreams. My only question is, for someone who went to so much trouble to not change the past, why are you trying so hard to poke your nose into my business? You want to fight, Suspiria? You've got it. I haven't let my training lapse just because I wasn't fighting crime. I know, you look great. And I'd be scared if you weren't sealed up to the neck in a block of concrete. No! Answer the question, dear, before I get tired and decide to drop you in a river, hmm? It's... it's past the point where I went back in time now. The future's up for grabs. That's why I came back to the tower. Then why not just make your grand reappearance, then? Why skulk around as a specter? None of your business. Fine. I'll just check your brain for the answers and see what... (laughs) Oh, oh, that's too much. (laughs) The stallion... (laughs) The stallion... Shut up! (laughs) The stallion was fat. I said shut up. He wasn't... You take care of gas mask, fool. I'll handle this peach cobbler. (laughs) He wasn't fat. He was... (laughs) You're the one who thought it. Oh, that is seriously precious. I wish I could have seen him with my own eyes, his his little gut edging out over his harness, getting into trouble and needing you to bail him out. The stallion doesn't need my... Oh, a tractor tricked me with a hostess Twinkie. I need assistance. <laughs> when I get out of this block... Oh, thank you, fool. Seriously, I haven't laughed that hard since I gutted Voodoo Lady. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do, Suspiria? Oh, didn't you know? 
Once I swapped everyone's minds and staged my own death... That left the Yargus and Voodoo Lady in each other's heads for a while, which was the perfect opportunity... To take your little friend Claire Sutton, a.k.a. Voodoo Lady, formerly known as Voodoo Child, and make a gravy out of her giblets. After that, I deep-fried her wimp of a husband and stuffed him in the freezer. Wouldn't want him to report her missing. You... you're not going to get away with this. The Earth Guard will catch on and... You're forgetting something, horse lass. I am the Earth Guard. Between the Argus... And Voodoo Lady. I think I've got things covered. This team isn't going to do diddly squat. Captain Fantasy is dealt with. Jack's been kicked to the curb. And the others are too concerned with their own problems to notice that anything's amiss. We'll find a way. We always find a way. We... You hear that? She still considers herself part of the team. That's cute. But let me ask you this. Even if I wasn't about to pull your brains out through your eye sockets... Which I am. What makes you think you'd be able to do squat about it? The Shroud of Dreams automatically distracts anyone from noticing the things you do. Even if I were going to leave you alive... Which I won't. You'd be completely helpless. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'll never give up. Stallion will never let you win. He'll never... All right, everyone. We, uh, what? Chuck Stallion, good God. to see you. Yeah. Hi. You can't do anything That's to funny. me. We're I, him I in the thought room. I saw some sort can of. Can you? He'll see it. Thing. Or else well, it would take too much concentration. What was you I must saying? slip up. I don't know. You were about to tell us what you'd come here for. Right. We need to go over our annual budget report. Dodd Larson needs it by the end of the I'm day. I'm not going to let you get away with this. I'm too busy dealing with you the illusionist me? to finish. I'm I need going to make sure that you are stopped. Oh, great. So we get to I'm going to take you down. That's the last thing I ever do. Unless you want to see the guard fall apart at the seams. You crazy. We don't finish on your shift. I'm not going to let you get away with any of this. I'm sorry, uh, what did you say? You and I'm Peas leaving, Blossom. And She's you can't scheduled stop to replace me. Voodoo Lady. Here, Argus. You sort through these purchase Next orders. Time we meet. Voodoo Lady, take the It'll payroll. Be the last I'll start thing adjusting last year's figures. And just where will you go? I'll just Wherever pull up a I chair. Need to. There's room Wherever at that table. It takes. I know it's only paperwork, but it's paperwork but you'll that's know vital to the functioning it. of the guard. Look at Argus. Be he doesn't look you, upset. Argus. He knows this is something we need to do. Now come on, let's get started. This is going to be fun. Shut up. Jordan D. White, with Michael D. Mikulski as the narrator, Devin White as Voodoo Lady, Derek McNish as Broadband, Tom Wayne Wong as Cole, Charles Berman as The Argus, Eva Rosenblatt as Suspiria, Rich Bellin as The Stallion, with theme song by Michael D. Mikulski. Welcome back. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Up next, we are going to move right along, moving right along, moving right along. You're going to start singing everything too now? No, I was just, I'm, no, that was just one second. What are you doing? Are you stealing my stick down? You shouldn't steal my stick down. No, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to sing. That's, if that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. That's crazy, but that's what you're doing. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think okay, it's crazy. Okay, okay. It is a crazy header. It is a crazy header. All right, then, this is this day in history, uh, and where are they now in history? The follow-up. 
Welcome to This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. This is WHIW Binghamton. On November 23, 1981, President Ronald Reagan signs off on a top-secret document, National Security Decision Directive 17, which gives the Central Intelligence Agency the power to recruit and support a 500-man force of Nicaraguan rebels to conduct covert actions against the leftist Sandinista regime in Nicaragua. Oh, look, somebody's put a document in front of me. Nancy, what am I supposed to do here again? First, we'll consult the stars and then just sign it. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying, honey, but I'm, I'm really sleepy. Really, really sleepy. Man, the Reagans are acting even weirder than usual. What do you think? Take a nap, dear, and I'll stamp it. Okay, I'm just gonna sleep right here in the desk in the Oval Office. It doesn't quite look like Alzheimer's. I don't know, there's definitely some kind of weird outside substance affecting that. Secret Service agents, fluff, fluff my pillow. Ron Ron's head is sore. Fluffing, sir? Fluff, fluff. Fluff, fluff. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna die now. If not for the fact that the specially genetically engineered superior Secret Service agents had carbon monoxide filtering lungs, they too would have died instead of just Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan dying because they didn't have a carbon monoxide detecting device and they relied on the stars for their fortune. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But let's check our horoscopes quickly. Yes, my name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cass and Wax. And I wanted to take a moment to just let you know that while it is important that you do have a carbon monoxide detection device, it is even more important that you know horoscopes are completely full of sh- Seriously, how ridiculous can you get reading things from the stars that's completely preposterous? And in fact, you may not know this, but on that world, one of these huckster fortune tellers is the reason that Ronald Reagan had Alzheimer's. I know it seems a little unlikely, but it is not unlikely when you hear the truth. What happened was this, Ronald Reagan was becoming president, and upon entering the office, the Surgeon General said to him, Ronald, as president, you have access to all of the secret medicine that we hold back from the regular people of the United States of America. For example, this shot here that completely stops you from ever having Alzheimer's ever, no matter what. And Ronald Reagan said, hmm, that sounds like a good idea, but I shall ask my wife about it. Wife, what do you think? And Nancy Reagan said, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, it sounds like a good idea, and yet I feel the need to consult with an astrologer. And so they went to the astrologer, and the astrologer said, well, I'm seeing in this star chart that you're going to be the president, and you're not going to get Alzheimer's for absolutely certain, and you're definitely not you know, going to get shot at by John Hinckley or anything like that. And they said, well, in that case, no problem, no need for the anti-Alzheimer's shot. Ronald Reagan's never going to get Alzheimer's, so da 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 And of course, he did get Alzheimer's, and that's one of the things that led him to the death that we just heard. So as you can see, astrologers are complete hugs as proven by that evidence from another world that I've just told you about. The fact is they're just making things up off the top of their head and then asking you for money for them as though the thing that they've told you is of any value whatsoever and as though the thing that they've told you can actually affect or actually know something about the important decisions of your life. They're just complete greedy bastards and I think that you should kill them all. No, no, I'm sorry. I think you shouldn't listen to them. That's what I meant. So my name's Rory Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Wow, Rory, uh, that's amazing. I, I'm surprised we have never talked about this before, but that's something we have in common. I think that uh, the astrologers and uh, psychics, all of those people, I think they're they're totally full of they it. They absolutely are. They're total, complete charlatans, you know? It's a complete scam. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm with you. Well, hang on. Yes? Isn't anybody missing the obvious here? Which is what? You better not be saying you believe in them, because that would be, uh, seriously, that would be like a fundamental difference between them. No, I'm not saying I believe in them. Well, good. I'm saying that it's the same thing as extra history. What? No, now come on. It's the, it is. You just are making things up and asking for money. No, because.
because extra history works. We have proof. We just saw the evidence. No, he actually helped someone's life. Their life is better now than it was before they got the extra historical reading. Yeah, but it doesn't make it any more or less fake. Okay, Frank, come on, come on. You, you, that's This is ridiculous. Well, you know what else is ridiculous? The works of Jack Chick. Well, yeah, I, I don't know why you... Oh, it's time for Tractor Fiction. Yeah, yes, thank you. Yes. Right, well, okay. Yes, Jack Chick's works are ridiculous, and here is one of them for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Tractor Fiction on WHRW Binghamton. My name's Frank Allen. Um, here on uh, Tractor Fiction, uh, we discuss uh, the religious quandary of the works of Jack Chick. It uh, deals with, uh, we, we enact one of his uh, works, so to speak, and then we discuss whether it's true or not. This week we're doing a tract called Four Angels. It is, at this point, the most recent tract added to his site, although my understanding is it's a reworking of an older version of the same tract. But there you are. We're doing the new version. Uh, as I said, it's called Four Angels, and we begin now. Once upon a time, a mother was driving her four sons to a revival meeting, just like the revival meeting you saw in some really old movie. Aw, you're trying out there, Ma. Do we have to go? Hush, Henry. But Ma, what about school tomorrow? We shouldn't be staying out late on a Sunday night. Bobby, this will be the most wonderful message you will ever hear. This is the last night. Now you boys be good and pay attention. Let's hurry, they're starting to sing. Huh? Ma, let's sit in the back. Okay? No, Henry. I want us to sit in the front. Neither the boys nor their mother realized that four angels hovered nearby, watching their every move. God the Father assigned me to protect Henry. Mama, I gotta go to the toilet! Henry, you just went twenty minutes ago. I gotta go again! Oh, I gotta go! All right, meet us inside. Be careful and don't fool around. There's a spot over there, boys. Hurry, I don't want you to miss a thing. I wonder what's taking Henry so long. Unfortunately, Henry did fool around and did miss a thing. A nearby rattlesnake. Fortunately, the angel protecting Henry reached down with God's fury and smote the snake where it lay. Ah, oh, nuts! I guess it's time for me to go in. I'm afraid Henry's going to keep me very busy. God's word says we all have sinned. That means every man, woman, boy, and girl. And they have all come short of the glory of God. That means all who die in their sins will go to hell. What does he mean? What does he mean? <laughs> He's talking about me. But God in his love made a way to escape for you. Because he is not willing that any should perish. This stuff is scary. But that all should come to repentance. Be sorry and willing to turn from their sins. God the Father says that in about ten minutes, Henry's life will never be the same again. God sent his son to earth to die for you on a cross. His son created everything. This is not a game. This is for keeps. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There is only one way into heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Will you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior or reject him? Those of you who want to be saved and serve the Lord, come forward. I'm going, Ma. Me too, Ma. Hey, wait for me. Me too. The angel gave his three angel compatriots their flapping orders. You are to observe Henry's brothers. I don't want to go to hell. Save me, Jesus. Whatever. 
can play this game. Oh, I like this. Ma, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Oh, I'm so happy, Frank. I'm going to be a great preacher. Just watch. In the years that followed, many of the Sawyer brothers proved false. Even the very next day, the brothers already had begun to fall away. A demon spoke to Frank as he drove around in his car. Frank, you sure made a fool of yourself last night. You, a preacher, your girl would leave you. Forget it, Frank. Yeah, that was dumb. My girl would flip. I've been a jerk. He's mine. The word of God didn't take root in him. Expectorating Ouija's? How did my mom ever talk me into this? As the years flew by, Frank went to church to make people believe that he loved the Lord. <sighs> the angel watching him had left long ago. How did Bobby Sawyer make out? Well, he got a big fancy job in a big fancy office. Bob, we're playing hardball in this business. Either you give up your religion or forget about moving up in management. It's one or the other. You're making a fool of yourself, so knock off this Jesus stuff. Or else. Don't you? Like his brother, Bobby kept playing church to impress his old friends. Great sermon, Pastor. Thank you, Brother Sawyer. I was blessed. And like his brother, he was full of it. The angel watching Bobby was told to leave, too. But look at Charlie Sawyer. He's something else. He's now called the Reverend Dr. Charles Z.W. Sawyer, D.D. Charlie preaches love on TV, and the world loves his gospel. Is something wrong? It was in his second year at Bible school that Charlie changed. He began looking at... Pornographies. What a body. I've seen enough. Nobody suspected that Charlie's real goal was only fame and riches. He became a religious con man. He flattered everyone. This is one of my greatest honors, sir, to meet you face to face. Why, er, uh, thank you, young man. Charlie never preached against sin, and everybody loved him for that. Soon, he had a mega church attended by people of all faiths. Every Christian television channel wanted him. Our special guest tonight, Dr. Charles Z.W. Sawyer. But the Lord knew that Charlie was living with wife number four, and that he was having an affair with his secretary. Honor after honor was heaped upon the great Christian leader. I give you God's man on whom surely the mantle of apostleship has fallen. What a blessing. God has just given me a prophecy for tonight. Everyone respects the Reverend Dr. Charles Z.W. Sawyer, D.D., except his kid brother Henry, who calls him Slick. Henry Sawyer is also a preacher, but he doesn't have a big church like Charlie does. Henry has a rundown mission on the wrong side of the tracks and works on the streets. Thanks for bailing me out again, preacher. I'm sorry I hit you again. I need to get saved, right? That's right, Tom. Here, take this and go home. Your wife needs you. But first, let's pray. Henry is for real. His conversion was for real. He loves the Lord and honors the word of God. Henry prays and weeps for the lost and loves the unlovely. Carlos, work with me in the burial again. I need you. Okay, man. Great. This is an answer to prayer. Henry's angel was still watching over him and still protecting him. Like this one time when a dude was totally about to stab Henry in the back, the angel was like, Wapow! And tore off his arm. It was totally sweet. You ladies didn't make it to the mission, and I heard you were sick. So I brought you some hot soup. We thank God for you, Pastor Henry, for showing us love. Man, what am I gonna do with this preacher? He's leading all my ladies to Christ. Pardon me. Hello, Frank? Oh, you say it's a family reunion. I'll be there, but it'll be after dinner. 
At that very family reunion, after dinner was over, Henry made good on his word and arrived. Too good to join us for dinner? No, Charlie! The word of God says, If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, with such an one know not to eat. How dare you! I'm a man of God! No, you're not, Charlie. God says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy the sheep of my pasture. Cursed be the doeth of the work of the Lord deceitfully. Shut up, Henry. Both Bobby and I really respect Charles. Everyone says he's wonderful. What do you have to say about that, little Henry? Well, the word says, But if ye have respect to a person, ye commit sin. You snake! You've trampled the blood of Jesus underfoot by your wicked life. Woe unto you, Charlie! You became a friend of the world and an enemy of God! Henry, are you saying Charles is on his way to hell? I didn't say it. The word of God does. What about us? <laughs> the word of God says if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. I believe there's still hope for you two. God is love. Henry belongs to the lunatic fringe. Trust me, I have a doctorate in divinity. Henry is a nothing. Suddenly, deadly sarin gas flooded the home, killing all four brothers. Frank, Bobby, and Charles stood before God at the great white throne of judgment. You were given many opportunities to repent and be saved. Instead, you believed Charlie's false gospel. Now, it's too late. But, but Lord! I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Then Henry came by. Yo. Of all your brothers, only you trusted and loved me. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And uh, that's a tract for angels, uh, dealing with... Well, I'm not really sure what it deals with, but it's got four angels in it. Uh, so there you are. Now we're going to move on to the debate, as we always do. Uh, and we've brought in uh, two debaters who are going to debate the serious issues that were uh, raised here. Uh, debater number one. Can I have your name, please? Bow down and beware of the Shabazz fist. I am the street preacher extraordinaire. The Lord God sent me down to the streets to stop the stop signs and make the ghost signs go. I am Father Kaloni Shabazz. I'm sorry, so you're a street preacher? You preach two items on the street? I preach to everyone who follows me on the street corner of life, my brother and my sister. I will teach you the ways of the stop sign and how to stop them from impeding upon your life. All right. Uh, and debater number two. Hi, I'm Little Miss Muffet, and I don't know what stop signs are because I live in the country. Um, read the book of John, King John, verse 7, verse 8. You will learn the stop sign is impeding upon your life and impeding upon progress and impeding upon the pit of paper promise. Ezekiel and Isaiah, they both agree that the stop sign is the way of the devil and the way of the Lord, both in one. Is that Miss Muffet from the uh, nursery rhyme? Is there another? I don't know. Well, yes. Okay. Uh, as I'm sure all of our listeners at home could have figured already, uh, Miss Muffet believes that this tract is 100% true. And, uh, oh gosh, what's your name, sir? Father Kalarni Shabazz. Father Kalarni Shabazz believes that this tract is false. Oh, I do indeed. So, uh, Father Shabazz, why don't you uh, 
tell us why it's false. Here in this track that you have presented for the nice folks at home, you have presented the idea that there are preachers who are good, there are preachers who are bad, there are preachers who go to prisons and take care of money. They're all lies, I tell you, my brothers and sisters. Read the cardboard sign next to my head. The cardboard sign beneath my feet, they will tell you the truth that they are all lies. There are no gods, there are no Jesuses, there are only stop signs and go signs in the ways of life. I preach this from my street corner every morning from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So you're preaching that there's no God. I am preaching that these preachers are wrong. You do not preach good. You do not preach bad. You only preach that the stop sign must be impeded upon and stopped their own ways. You're trying to stop stop signs? I am trying to stop that which is impeding your mind from reaching the true perfection of the truth and the magic that is up there in the sky, in the heavens, and in the skyscraper. I do have a kind of a question. Do you have a driver's license? No, the driver's license are the tool of the Antichrist and the tool of the DMV. I do not believe in centralized government or centralized religion. I only believe in what I believe. Read my cardboard sign over there next to my little tip jar, and you will understand the truth if you read the book of Isaiah, I mean Isaiah, I mean Ezekiel. Read the Bible, because I have read the Bible, my friend, Mr. Mr. Pompous Man, who sits behind a microphone. I have read oh. the Bible back to front, front to back, hand well. in hand, east to west, and I'll tell you something, if you try to go east and west in the backfield, you will end up running north and south. It is best to just go around the side, around the running lanes, and because otherwise, you are going to wind up ten yards back and with a penalty flag on your ass. I can see the sign that says this end up, but it's upside down. Indeed it is. It is upside down. It is downside up. It is inside out, and it is peanut butter and jelly all the way, baby. Alright, um, well, that's a compelling voice. <laughs> but, uh, Miss Muffet, Miss Muffet? Yes? Uh, have a seat. Why don't you tell us uh, why you disagree? I'm afraid. You should be afraid, my little girl. You I'm should be sorry. afraid. I need to get my composure. This man scared me. Well, he is kind of for frightening. As you all know, um, the nursery rhymes that I am in are a metaphor for life. Yes. And Mother Goose is a metaphor for God. Oh. She is God. Really? Yes. You realize if you spell the word goose inside out, you get suga. It's true! How is that? Read the cardboard sign over by that bus! Oh, over there it says, uh, the one that guy's holding, or? Indeed, the one my servant is holding! I paid him 50 dollars, and he is sitting there with my cardboard signs. Please help, I'm a veteran. Indeed he is! He is a veteran of the Lord's army! The invisible army that is out to stop all traffic lights and signs, for they impede the progress of the mind toward heaven. Miss, Miss Muffet. Yes? Uh, now you believe this tract is true. I do. Let me ask you this. Uh, Henry says in this tract that if you respect someone, uh, let me see exactly what he said. If you, if you have respect to a person, you commit a sin. What he meant was if you respect a person who is sinning. Then you commit a sin as well. Yes. So in other words, you should like spit on sinners? Yes. I spit on sinners all the time. I also spit on my own feet. But there is a reason for doing that. Because it stops them. It stops the government. It stops them from getting into your mind. Read the cardboard sign over on that building that I have posted. I posted that building. I posted it right there. You posted the building? I posted the building. It said post no bills. But I posted a bill. Oh, yes, I did. I posted a the bill because bill? I am teaching the ways Ding. of the Lord here. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we still haven't found out why this tract is true. Uh, if at all. Of course, we haven't really found out why this tract is false. Yes, we have. Oh, okay. Don't get him started again, please. No, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, we can we can get through this. Uh, here's what we're going to say. 
Uh, you said it's a metaphor. Your 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 nursery rhyme is a metaphor. Yes. Can you please explain your metaphor? Well, Mother Goose is God, and whatever she says is what we do. No, I mean of your uh, little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. Along came a spider and sat down beside her and wriggled and wriggled and tickled inside her. And frightened me away. Um, yes, the the metaphor here is that the spider is a sinner, and I'm not respecting him. I'm running away from him to save my purity. So, that's why Henry is such a jerk in this tract. What? Well, that's why the he's reason a jerk. Henry is a jerk in this tract is because the government has gotten into his mind, and they have told him that to impede your mind to get to heaven, you must lie to the children. You must lie to all peoples everywhere. You must get on television wearing a big afro and tell everybody that they're lying. Well, Me, no, hold on. I, like it I, is. Hold on. I don't I'm, care if I stink. I'm on a street corner teaching truth. I beg to differ. Um, I think the reason that Henry was... As you say, a jerk, though I don't think so, was because he was frustrated and jaded because everybody believed his brother, who was bad and a sinner, and watched evil pornography, and not him. Uh, what's the difference between evil pornography and good pornography? It's all evil. Oh. Pornography saved my life, and it can save yours, too. Just call my house, and I will give you the course. Twenty nine ninety five, and I'll teach you how pornography can help you reach heaven what if and obey the yield sign. What if it's pornography with Jesus in it? There is no such thing. Oh, yes, there is. I have read stories of the Virgin Mary blessing Jesus as he got out of the river. Oh, yes, she did. He, she saw what was rising out of his grave, if you want to be so graphic. Your now, mind I, is in the gutter. No, it isn't. It's actually in in the gutter because I've been drinking a lot of Windex. That's what she said. But okay. Read my cardboard sign and it will tell you that I've been drinking a lot of Windex. Oh, wait, that's my court case. That's my court papers. Oh, man. It I'm says, uh, issues. It says pending, date pending. No, you're going to be on trial? Oh, yes, I am. But it is a trial against the yield sign. I mean, against the stop sign. I'm for the yield sign because the yield sign is going to teach you the truth, Mr. Mr. I sit behind okay, the microphone I, and announce is, things. I, is there a way to run away out of this studio? No, no, you must stay until the end of the debate. I do because believe we do have an expert, however. Right hallway, baby. We have an expert uh, here with us. Hi. I'm the spider. Uh, the spider from... From from the story, yeah. From the story, not the tract, though, right? From No, from the story, from uh, Miss Muffet Okay, so spider. you're a sinner. No. Oh, so you side with uh, the preacher over there. I don't know, but she tried to kill me. And I, just I did not. I ran away. I knew I'd seen you before. I'm the just... newspaper told me you were going to be here today, and so did the lantern down the but, street. But I just went from Charlotte's Web... To your lap, and look, then you I, try and kill me. Look, I don't think you should be too worried about it. I'm pretty sure she just swallowed you because she swallowed a fly. No, that's the other lady. I didn't swallow a spider. I swallowed a lot of spiders in my day, back when I was in Vietnam. I swallowed a lot of spiders, and I also swallowed a lot of floor cleaner. I'm well, very uncomfortable. Well, Spider, you said you wanted to be an expert for us, so... Please. Yes, I'm not a sinner. She's lying. She's lying. She's a liar. Just like that evil stop sign down the road. It's no, a liar. just like Miss Muppet. I a mean, liar. maybe Mother Goose is God, but I'm not evil. What's a stop sign? A stop sign is pots reversed slightly and made into an octagon of red and white colors. Uh, interestingly enough, we do have the inventor of the stop sign on the other line. Hello, uh, sir? Cease and desist, citizens. Uh, can you please state your name, sir? Yes, I am Stoppy. Stoppy the stop sign inventor. Yes, that's... Welcome to our show. Yes, oh, you, you are all me. welcome that I'm here. Um, can you please tell us uh, a little bit about your invention, the stop sign? It's well, kind of an issue in our debate today. 
Well, really, I, I believe that the debate should be done with. I mean, really, you need to come to a full and complete stop before you proceed. Well, we're, we're, we have to keep we have to keep going. You impede progress, Mr. Stopsign. You are the tool of the devil. I do not like you at all. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to stop praying right now to the yield sign. Oh, yield well, maybe you should stop not telling us why you invented the stop sign. What did you what did you invent it for? Stop not telling us. Well, basically, I I am a good Chris, Christian. And I started touching myself. Oh, yield sign. Save me for the stop sign. My mother's kept on telling me, stop, stop. And I did, and it changed my life. So you put up a sign to remind everyone to just stop sinning? Stop masturbating. Which is a sin. And uh, how did it get adopted by cars? Well, you you know how sometimes you you get all hot, and your engine just gets a rut, Evan? Yes. And you just... You just want to put your hands on that steering wheel and that stick shift and just go? Yes. Well, that's why you stop. Okay, well, that makes sense. Thank you for thank you for getting in touch with us. I want to wax my legs. That was uh, Stoppy the Stop Sign Inventor. Save me, yield sign. Sir, sir. Oh, is he gone? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, is he gone? Yes, he is. Oh, thank goodness. Save me, yield sign. I told you the yield sign would save me. If you read my cardboard sign on the manhole cover over there by the stinky guy, not me, the other stinky guy, you will see that the yield sign will protect you from the stop sign. It says murder. Indeed it does, because the stop sign is murder. It is the devil's tool, my son. Okay, well, now give me five dollars so I can get a cup of coffee. No, hold on. and lace it with Scott. If you win the debate, I'll give you the coin. Yay! But first, uh, closing arguments. Unfortunately, go right ahead. This track is a lie because they are not talking about the real truth here. I don't care how many prisons you preach to. I don't care if you go to Shawshank and talk to Morgan Freeman. It's not gonna work, baby, because it's not all about God. It's not all about Jesus. It's not about going and talking to scuzzy convicts. It's not about going on TV with some big afro and talking about, yeah, everybody loves me. I'm gonna take care of everything. No, it's all about this. It's all about the stop sign and the yield sign and the constant battle between the two signs. If you read my cardboard signs that I gave to the president and put up at his house, you will see that I am telling you the truth. This track is a lie because it's about yield and stop signs. Well, Miss Muffet, uh, that's a pretty uh, heavy allegation. I don't know why you keep going on TV with your afro. <clears throat> Me? Yes. I don't have an afro, and I don't know what TV is. This listen. This man has just been telling lie after lie. No, I've been telling truth. It's okay. my closing argument. If you come to my tent, I will show you the truth. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Let her finish. Tell me about these lies he's telling. Well, first of all, he keeps saying that signs are evil, and yet he keeps creating them, so I don't know what his deal is. Um, But Mother Goose is uh, the metaphor for God in my world, and... But God is a man, isn't he? Not according to the tract. God is a woman. Oh, that's true. See, Mother Goose, woman, Mother Goose. Anyway, um, also... Stoppy the stop sign maker was right because, for instance, little Jack Horner, uh, who sat in the corner, used to have a bad masturbation habit, and Mother Goose told him to stop, and now he's going to heaven. Um, there is only one way to heaven, and that is through the yield sign. You must pass through the yield sign like Alice through the looking glass, and you will see the truth on the other this side. This man is going to turn me into a sinner soon. Indeed, I am. I want you to remove your filthy vestments and join me in the back alley where anyway, I put my cardboard signs when I'm not done. Anyway, the spider was a sinner. I ran away from him. I am very pious, and Mother Goose told me that God will accept me into his home, and I will go to heaven. Okay, well, uh, this is uh, 
very intense debate. Uh, fortunately for everyone, uh, Miss Muffet won. So we don't have to... Sign, sign, everywhere a I sign! I told you! We don't have to Fucking deal with any of this sign stuff, really. Uh, which is probably for the best, because uh, I don't know what this side up, down, has to do with much of anything. Can, but can I just say one last thing in closing? What's that? No! Oh. I, I realize that it is very hypocritical of me to use a lot of cardboard sign to express my point against signs. You do not need to point this fact out to me. <laughs> Because I have been drinking a whole lot of bus fumes. That's also a sin. That's also a sin. Uh, And she's right about that, as I know from this coin. Here you go, ma'am. You get to keep the coin, I guess. Thank you. Uh, And uh, this is uh, Tractor Fiction. Hopefully you all learned stuff about why you shouldn't inhale bus fumes or drink them either way. Uh, Bus fumes! Thank you for listening. I'm Frank Allen. Good day. That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Anna Call, Guinevere Eckert, Scott Finbo, Patrick Ganan, Justin Ha, Lynn Nelson, Lisa Pantuso, Sam Thomason, Jacob Thompson, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Rory. That was very pleasant of you to talk about. It's time for Scapey Story. Scape, do you want to introduce it? Of course I do, because I want to introduce it. It is my Story. It's a place where I tell a scary story to somebody. You might think that you're ready, but when I tell you it's gonna be scary. It's gonna scare you even if you think that you're ready to be scared. You will be scared more than you think you're ready for. You will be scared because it's gonna be a scary story. It's about Herbert Wood's story and it might tell a scary story. I'm gonna tell it right now. I'm a cat and a dog. Hello, and welcome to this amazingly spectacular episode of Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. This is the final episode of Herbert West Reanimator. We've been telling it for the last five episodes. This is part six. You will finally know the truth about Herbert West and whether or not he is, in fact, a reanimator. Right, Scape? He is a reanimator. We already saw that he did reanimate. Well, okay, I know. I was just, I was being silly. Well, it's not scary stories. It's scary stories, but that means scary stories. That doesn't really mean scary stories, but okay. Um, We do have our guest from last week, who heard part five, Giorgio, here to tell us what uh, you missed, if you missed that. Hi, everybody. This is Giorgio. So, um, he was telling me the story, and he's all like, hey, I'm a cat, but in the story, uh, he's just a guy, and he went to fight, uh, in World War One for the Canadians. And, um, so they went because they were like, hey, there's all sorts of dead stuff because it's war, and they're like, boom. But, um, so they, they've gotten over their sort of obsession with, like, reanimating bodies. And now they're like, I can reanimate stuff, like little pieces and parts and stuff. And like, Herbert West is all like, hey, I'm an asshole, and I don't really want to do this for science anymore. I just want to do it because I can. Like, look how cool I am and stuff. So, um, so they're all like, hey, some guy's gonna come see us reanimate stuff because he likes science. Um, but on the way there, his helicopter crashes and like cuts his head off or something like that. And, uh, so they're like, hey, we're gonna reanimate just his body. So we like sewed a butthole over his neck. And then, um, but because we still had his head, we put it in some goo that was, like, bubbling, and that's important for some reason. But, 
But um, so when we go to bring him back and they're all like, they thought they heard something, but then the Germans attacked and they thought maybe they were tripping balls, but they weren't. And they think that they heard the head say something about, oh, I've got to jump. That was about it. Yeah, that was pretty good. I know. Thanks. No, thank you, Skippy. And so now, here as a special guest to listen to the final episode of Herbert West Reanimator, we do have friend of the show, Thomas Alvarez. <clears throat> thank you, Jordan. Hello. It's delightful to be here. And you also, Skippy. It is delightful, thank you. So I understand that you have some sort of reanimating story to finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Herbert Rust. The reanimator? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, do you want to hear? Well, yes. I mean, I came all this way. I mean, I've only got a little bit. Evelyn wants me back fast. Really, I'm just out to replenish my fluids, but I figured that it would be good to listen to a story also. Okay, that's good. I will tell it then. Okay. Herbert West, Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. Part 6, The Tomb Regions. Okay, right, so for once upon a time, uh, when Herbert West went missing like a year ago, the police were like, what, 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 what's going on? And they questioned me, and, uh, let me tell you, I didn't even bother to tell them the truth, because, come on, they wouldn't have, have believed me, because it's crazy, because they... You know, who would believe about reanimating dead bodies, right? Nobody. That's who. It would be ridiculous. Well, except that it's... I mean, it happened. Well, yes, except for the part that it's real, it's completely ridiculous. Go on. So, okay, I was Herbert West's best friend and his assistant, okay? And uh, we met in medical school and we did a bunch of experiments and he was like, I'm going to bring people back. And I was like, okay. And then he started to and one thing led to another and he brought people back from the dead. But it was scary because they would go crazy sometimes if they weren't fresh enough. Like one time we had one, right? And it was a professor and he went so crazy that they had to put him, they put him in a mental hospital because they thought he was a crazy guy, but really he was a dead guy. That makes perfect sense. I can see how the experience of death would drive one mad. Right. So Herbert West was like, well, we need fresher. That's why. And so he kept trying fresher and fresher. And eventually he said, I will just get a living guy and kill him and then bring him back right then. Do you see? I do in fact see. Now, in order to clarify, you say you, but of course you don't mean you, Scapy White, you mean the narrator of the story, who you are speaking as when you tell the story. Yeah, I am the narrator of the story, Scapy White. Excellent. Do continue. So, okay, that was the thing is that when he, once he killed somebody, that's it. He starts downhill to be worse and worse all the time. Like, it was, it, it, it hardened him inside. Do you know what I mean? He was like, it was moral decay. Well, as the apex of morality... Thomas Alva Edison. I, Thomas Alva Edison, am not sure what that would be like. I mean, of course I've been hardened externally, but that's not, that. that's a topic for another time. Maybe you'd like to talk more about the reanimator. Well, yeah, he wasn't hardened external, he was hardened inside Meaning that he was worse inside, okay? And he was like, he would he would start looking at people going, hmm, that guy looks healthy, I bet you he would survive being killed and brought back from the dead. Or maybe if a guy was very smart, he'd be like, that brain is robust enough to survive. Well, technically, there wouldn't be any surviving. Definitionally, if you're going to reanimate something, it's already dead. But then it has to survive. Of course. Okay. So he started to look at me that way. And I was like, oh, excuse me? And I was, I was getting scared because I thought he was going to try to kill me and bring me back from the dead. Well, and the dead, bringing back from the dead is okay, but the killing part is not 
Okay. That is a perfectly irrational fear. Why is it irras- irrational? Wait, did you say rational or irrational? I said rational. Oh, okay. Good. Any paradoxes are just a time travel problem. Don't worry about it. It's not a paradox, though, because he was going to kill me first. And you were rationally frightened of that. Right. Okay. So, so anyway, look, what happened was we joined the army. What, what, what Giorgio said. We joined the army. He was doing experiments. We brought back this doctor who knew about science, okay? Do you know about it? Science? Oh, I helped invent it. Okay. Well, this guy did it. Oh, good. Was he good at it? Well, maybe. So he got his head chopped off, and we were like, bring back the body without a head. And the body came back, but the head came back too, probably. I say probably because we were like, maybe we were hallucinating, but we weren't, okay? That makes perfect sense. If up to this point has taught me anything, it's that whenever dead bodies are involved, we are not just hallucinating. So then the building explodes, okay, that we were in, and and we are... We lived. But we were like, where the body died? Probably. Maybe. Again, so it double died this time. Probably. This is when we were in World War One. Uh, but once in a while, Herbert West would be like, hey, do you know what would be creepy? And I'd be like, what? And he'd be like, uh, if there was, like, a dead guy with no head that was carrying around his head that could bring other people back from the dead, that would be creepy. Precisely like the headless scientist with a head that you had killed but who lived. Right. Yes, that's what he was talking about. Perfectly sensible. Carry on. And he was saying maybe he could, because he knows science, he could bring back other dead. That's true. Someone who knows enough science is in desperate fear of resurrecting people. So anyway, when we got back from the war, we moved into a a house in Boston that was next to a cemetery. Together? Yeah. That, splitting the rent, okay. I'll accept that. He was my friend, except I was really scared of him. But still. That seems like a nebulous friendship, but I've had friendships like that too. You know, God and all. You guys live together? Technically, he's omnipresent. I am always living with God. But, but, okay, but it was next to a cemetery, but not a cemetery that they were burying people in anymore because it was full of very old dead people from like a billion years ago. An actual billion years ago? No. I mean, they would have to be time travelers. No, no, they were just dead people from before now. Dead people from the past. Well, they didn't come to the future from the past. They just died in the past and then got buried. Except in the sense that everything comes to the future from the past. Well, I mean, except for me, really. I just sort of cut straight through, but that's not important. Let's let's talk more about the this cemetery full of dead people. So we, no, I'm saying we didn't dig up those dead people, is my point. Well, of course not. They're too old. Yes, you got it. You got it. Freshness is sort of the hallmark of resurrection, as we have learned. Right. Good. Yes, good. You're a good listener. I know. I invented listening. So... We had a secret basement dug into our house where we could do secret resurrection experiments. And one time, we're digging, or we had people digging, and it hit, like, a, a weird secret tomb. And he and I was like, oh, do you want to uh, knock down the wall and go s- sniff around the secret tomb, Herbert West? Because that's, like, that's the kind of crazy stuff you do. He sniffs old tombs? Well, I don't maybe. So, but th- what happened was, he was like, no, no, no big. Just put up... Some concrete, seal it up, no big. In order to ensure sanitary conditions. Good call, Dr. West. But it definitely surprised me, because I thought he would want to go in. And go tomb sniffing. Okay, so, Scapey, we've already gotten to the part with the tomb. When do we get to the part with the legions? Well, I'll tell you, right, the answer is starting now. 
to go towards it. Oh, thank you. So what happened was one night, okay, we're in our study, and he's reading a newspaper, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, crap. Here's why. Remember when I said there was a dead thing that was in an asylum? You totally said that. Right. I remember when I said when he was like, a doctor with no head, but with a head that could bring dead people back? I recall something about a doctor who had a head with no head. Okay, well, listen to this then, okay? The newspaper was like, oh, so a guy came into the asylum who didn't move his lips when he talked, and his voice sounded like it came from a box that he was carrying, okay? And his head... Seem like it was made out of wax, okay? Oh, my goodness. Some sort of wax-headed man. How bizarre. Well, and then he was like, Hey, why don't you give me that guy who is rocked up, who is the dead guy that the stories are talking about? Oh, gracious. Don't tell me that the headless man with a head and the dead guy who's alive are going to join forces. Well, they did. He got it. He took him out of the asylum. Sweet jumping protons. Because the guy whose lips didn't move with the wax head, like, killed them and took the guy out. Um, Meaning, brought him out of the asylum. Gracious. How horrifying. Yeah. And so Herbert West just sat there like, Humana, oh no. Humana? Uh, so, because he was scared. Oh, okay. And he said Humana when he was scared. No, that's like a state of mind. Oh. Scared state of mind? Yeah, yeah, totally. Naturally. Uh, and then at midnight, somebody rang the doorbell, and that made him be like, what, what's going on? Huh? And he was snapped out of it, okay? Was it the Night Scouts? I hate the Night Scouts. With their inky black chocolate cookies. Ooh, enticingly delicious. Impossible to see. No, but no. Oh, oh, it was something else. It, well, I'll tell you. It, what happened was, I opened the door, okay? And in shuffles a bunch of delivery guys with a big box. And, they're, and one of them is like... Uh, yeah, delivery, which I already paid for. And they drop off this giant box, okay? Okay, this seems ominous. And I was like, uh, whatever. And then they left. And it kind of looked like they were going towards the cemetery, which is weird, but I was like, whatever. And Herbert West comes in and he's like, uh, tell you what, why don't we just, uh, take this box to the rab and just, uh, burn it to death right now, okay? That seems to make a lot of sense, except for the part where you're burning something underground. Bad show. Herbert West, bad show. He, I'm sure we had like a, like a chimney. An underground chimney for your secret death lab? Good call. So you're about to set this box on fire. I'm assuming it doesn't go that smoothly. Well, and the reason is because it said it was from that doctor who we kept, who was got no head. And Herbert West was like, yeah, tell you what, I don't want to open it. I want to destroy it. How about that? So then he's like, let's put it into the burning oven. And I was like, okay. And we did. And we set it on fire, basically. The burning oven? No, the box in the burning oven. Oh, oh, that's why it's a burning oven. Okay, okay. That makes sense. I can see how that would make sense. Okay, so the box gets destroyed, and then everything turns out okay, right? Like, that just seems to be where the story is going. No, no. What happens is, while it's burning, uh, the plaster starts falling away from the place where the tomb was. Remember that? About the tomb? I do remember about the tomb. Well, plaster is falling off. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh, we better stop that. But he was like, no, get away, get away. And a hole came, and you could smell gross from it. I could? Well, if you were there. Oh, okay. And uh, all of a sudden, taking off all the rocks of the tomb, uh, out comes marching like a creepy, like, army of, like, deadish things that seem, like, gross and dead. An army? A legion from a tomb! 
It was precisely as you predicted. Yeah, that's right. And it was read by the guy with the wax head carrying the, the, the iron head. And he was dressed in a Canada army suit because that's why it was the guy that I was talking about. That wax-headed bastard. And they all came out and they grabbed Herbert West. And he's like, ah! And they, they ripped him to pieces. They tore him into Ritter bits and then they took the bits and they carried him away. How unsavory. And the guy with no head took his head too. The guy with the head that was with, with the box head? Yeah, he had a wax head and he had his rear head and now he also has Herbert West's head. That head-snatching son of a bitch. And so the next morning, I was found unconscious, okay? And Herbert West was gone. Sensibly, yes, he had been torn apart. And the, the burning oven had, like, ashes in it, okay? And the police questioned me, and they're like, well, did you put Herbert West in the oven and kill him? And I'm like... No. Well, because you didn't, yes. They don't believe me, though. They don't? No. I was like, no, somebody took him through that wall into the tombs. And they're like, well, I'll tell you what, the wall is sealed up with plaster. And I was like, but they took down the fires, but it's true. It was sealed up all over again. And so they're like, tell you what, you're probably crazy. And maybe I'm crazy. So the end. You might be crazy. I hate to say it. Circumstances aren't looking good. Well, that's the story, so it could be. Hmm. I see two possible morals for this. Okay, well, hmm. All right, you go first, but then I'll tell you the real one. Okay. The first... Don't, Don't resurrect, resurrect Canadians. Canadians. I hate to say that I have some personal experience, and Dr. West's debacle only reinforces my assumptions. Okay, that's that's pretty good, because he had a Canada Army suit. Exactly. The Canada Army suit really ties the whole thing together. But the other, I think, possibly more important moral, you might be crazy. I, that's, I might. That's what I was going to say. How did you get the right answer? That's crazy. Nobody gets the right answer. I'm never really sure myself, but it's obvious the way you told that story so masterfully. Well, thank you. That is very true. I guess I should have known that's how you knew because I told it good. That's true. Maybe you'd like to deliver the moral yourself now just to make sure that everybody really internalizes it. I might be crazy. Oof. Chilling. Well, I think that's it. I was able to drink some Brondo while I was listening to that story, and I think that I'm rejuvenated enough to return to my darling Evelyn. Is there anything else I can do for you, Jordan? Uh, no, no. It was, a, it was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for attending our show once more. Well, of course. You're my friends. I would always be happy, especially if there's a story about necromancy. What? No, it's about the animator. Um, someday, when you open that present I gave you, you will see that it is a thesaurus, and you will be able to to deal more accurately with this problem. The problem of the animator? Yes. All right. I will I will fight him. Excellent. No doubt you will kick, kick, kick. No doubt. So come back next time for a, a new scary story that is going to be frightening. Indeed. Well, thank you for that, Scapey. That was a really great Scapey story. Um, and we'll have to get back to uh, other non-reanimator Scapey stories from now on. Yeah, but first I get to, next time I actually get to do a new thing, right? Well, yeah, but you, you make it sound like Scapey story is what stops you. It's not that that stops you. It's because you have all these other tracts and debates that, that we, that we do Scapey stories and you do new things when there's not something of yours to play. Well, that's not fair. We play your things in every show. And I don't have a new segment. Well, you record the song at the end. That 
that hardly counts. Well, but that means it does count. What? No, it it doesn't. That, I'm saying that doesn't count. Fine. Well, anyway, um, that, thank you for listening to the show. We don't have any listener mail, but we would love to have some. So tell us what you thought of this episode of the show. How did that six-part epic of the reanimator affect your life? Please write into us and tell us about it. The same email address as before, castinwax at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Send us problems that you have. Anything you've got, send it on over. And uh, unfortunately, that does pretty much wrap up the show. Glad you forgot about me doing a song. Did you forget about me doing a song? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. You've been doing songs throughout the whole show. Those songs don't count. Those songs don't count. No. Yeah. They do. Those songs count. So now you've done two at the end as well. So no, Dad. Those songs on my summer song. This, Dad. The song is my summer song. It's about how the show went. It's about all the things that we went through. Friends were made and loves were broken. That's why happiness so yeah. Wow, that was an intense show, apparently. All right, well, thank you all for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with all new stuff. Well, we better. Why wouldn't we? I'm just, I mean, next week is going to be the week after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up. Oh, yes, uh, well, thank you. Well, that's not why I mentioned it, but you're welcome. Uh, no, I meant it's going to be difficult to do the stuff for the show, but uh, look, I'm pretty confident we're going to be well, able to. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, that shouldn't affect it. No, I think it will be fine. We'll probably have a show, not, you know, we'll probably have a show that Monday, the Monday after Thanksgiving. Oh, good. It will be, it will be good. All right, thank you all for listening. Um, here's going to be Wax Waxwork theme zero, uh, zero. I almost said zero. Waxwork theme O. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Enjoy. Be seeing you. One more to join our congregation 
want to realize This website holds their soul salvation We're absolved of sin The moment that we type that address in Has seen red and serious Has got naughty bits Satan near us Keeps us from his pits Has got all these stories Is where they are stored Can lead us to glory Is Jesus alone Is Jesus alone Jesus alone Ollywaxwork.com Ollywaxwork.com On the next episode of Casting Wax On the Green Haze Is that pop gun supposed to threaten us? It's not for you, Miss Hayes. Heaven forbid I send a bullet the way of a former CIA agent. But while you may be young and vivacious and fit as a fiddle, your good friend here is not. And on every day it goes, the flashback meets the future says. It's true, all right. We're you. 26 years older to the minute. Come on, Max. We're in the flash pack. Anything's possible. Let me introduce the team. Obviously, you know me, Molly. Hi, Max. Slaughter and Jimmy. Hey, Dad. Max. I meant Max, not Dad, because you're not my dad, I mean. No. And there's gonna be some future. Yes, yes, and who would like to borrow my comb? I'll come in your way November 30th and wax work. 